Cowboys back at AT&T Stadium coming up on Sunday at 325 kickoff as they host the Patriots and a couple of former Cowboys come back to AT&T Stadium. Now joining us from the Cowboys Network is Kyle Yeomans. Kyle, how are we on this Friday? Man, doing good. Getting ready for football all weekend long. Got a lot of it up here in the North Texas area. And, of course, the, the Cowboys welcoming in Zeke and company on Sunday. How how I, I know Jerry hinted on his radio show that uh, there may be something special coming for Ezekiel Elliott. I mean, is he really going to do something special for Zeke coming in after you just basically told him to to go away last year? Yeah, I think there's going to be some sort of uh, some sort of pregame or some some kind of uh, maybe not a tribute, but but at least just acknowledgement. Of what uh, of what Zeke did during his time here, because like you said, it was kind of an interesting ending. Uh, I don't think it was unforeseen no. uh, from from a Cowboys standpoint. It's not like it was really uh, there was any animosity between either one of the sides. And honestly, what what happened from the Cowboys standpoint is they they looked at Zeke and said, "Hey, listen, like we're going to let you test the open market. We're going to let you go out and see what you can get from a payment standpoint because." We don't want to to offend you by any stretch of the imagination. They did that. It took him some time, but then in the middle of training camp, he signed with the Patriots. He's a part of that backfield with Bill Belichick, and and now he's a, a valued member of that Patriots franchise. But he's still very much so valued here. I mean, in talking in the locker room, Dak Prescott, Micah Parsons, C.D. Lamb, even some of the younger guys like Tyler Smith uh, have talked about their relationship with Zeke and how much he meant to this organization. Uh, throughout his time here so there's still a lot of love for for Zeke in the building a lot of love for him uh, when he comes back so I'm sure there will be some emotions on on Sunday but at the same time both sides have a a game to play Zeke's trying to to avoid falling to one and three and the Cowboys are looking to rebound after what happened on Sunday you think they might just bring the red kettle out a, a little bit early this year for him I, I think that would be the ideal scenario. Where <laughs> I, I really think it, it, at least give him like maybe like a mini one he can put on a desk at home or like a trophy <laughs> or something where he's, it, maybe it's him in the kettle and it's just like a little a figurine or something. I think that would be the best the best presentation you could have with Zeke, period. We haven't had a chance to talk about last week. Before we get to the Patriots, let's find out what happened in Sunday's game against the Cardinals. And the Cardinals – really had their way with this defense and running right at Micah Parsons. Is that the recipe that the rest of the NFL may try to use now? Uh, it might be what they, what they, at least they attempt to use. I think right now you're looking at a, a Cowboys team that's going to have to adjust, though, uh, mm-hmm. because you, you can't let that happen for the remainder of the season the way that it, it did against the Cardinals because the Eagles have done that previously to you. You've seen it in the past. Even Tennessee did it at times last year without Derrick Henry in the fold. I mean, the tape has been put out on Micah Parsons over these last few years. If you're throwing the ball, you're in trouble. But if you're running the ball, you can kind of go straight at him and play against his aggressiveness and, and use that against himself. So, I mean, there's parts of it there that I think Dan Quinn is going to have to have a conversation with not only Micah, but that entire front seven and, and try and, uh, make an adjustment enough to where he can uh, stop the run and be efficient in doing so. But uh, right now, I think that's that's the biggest concern is that defense giving up 222 yards on the ground is is not going to cut it, not going to do it, and they're going to have to try and find a way to, to trim that number down and have some more success on the ground. 
Why does this team continue to struggle in the red zone? Well, I think there's a couple of things. I think they're trying to adjust without a true red zone target. You don't have the Dalton Schultz you had a year ago. You don't have Ezekiel Elliott. And as much as those guys have been replaced from a a value standpoint with Mm -hmm. some of these young tight ends and young tailbacks, uh, you're going to, to miss what they did best. And that's what both of those guys did. Schultz was a phenomenal red zone target. Ezekiel Elliott was a fantastic short yardage back. And by the time he was done in Dallas, that was really his his bread and butter was the short yardage stuff. So I think there's an ineffectiveness to run the ball right now with this offense in the red zone. Whenever they get to these these short yardage situations, they really struggle to, to get the ground game going. And because of that, teams are forcing Dak Prescott to beat them. And they're, they're going back and they're saying, hey, uh, we're going to cover the pass. And if y'all want to run it, fine. That's fine by us. We're going to try and, and confuse Dak Prescott in the red zone and now, not that it's only on Dak to, to try and find the end zone, but he doesn't have necessarily a target that's getting open either. I mean, there's a reason why there hasn't been a receiver with a touchdown so far this season. We're three weeks in, and you haven't seen one for Gallup or CD or Brandon Cooks. And that's something that's going to have to change if the Cowboys are going to continue to have success. Does it look like to you that Dak is just thinking too much in the red zone instead of just relaxing and, and, and letting the speed of the game slow down for him? necessarily think so because they they've methodically moved down the field mm-hmm. and Dak has always been a momentum quarterback I mean he's been a guy that feeds off of that energy he feeds off the right direction he's very good at, at, at keeping things compartmentalized from a game plan standpoint so nothing at least from the from the initial parts of the drive should change for for Dak in the red zone I, I just don't think he has the same separation the same looks I, I think he's things are muddied up whenever you get you have that little room right. to work with and so I just don't think his receivers or his his pass catchers are giving him separation enough because it goes back to what I said teams teams are able to back off the line of scrimmage they don't have to load the box and slow down this just nasty red zone short yardage back or the ground game in general I think you need to maybe probably from a, a play caller standpoint mix in some of these R- RPOs, these reads, these zone reads that uh, allow for multiple opportunities. And, and I think that should open things up. But really, uh, it, it hasn't worked to this point. I don't think it's on deck, though, those red zone struggles. He he took the blame for it in talking with him yesterday. I mean, he said it. He said he's he's upset. He's mad that that the red zone has looked the way that it has. And then it's on a little bit of everybody, which is true, but it's not solely on quarterback one uh, to get the job done down there. Kyle Yeoman's Cowboys Network with us telling the press box on ESPN Central Texas. Okay, Kyle, I'll ask you it this way. Does the red zone package need to be adjusted for Mike McCarthy and this offensive staff? Because I don't see any different formations or anything different in the red zone that I'm seeing from the 40-yard out. No, I, I think you're right on that. I think that is exactly the case. And maybe it's a, an instance of a team being too confident uh, going in, and maybe the coaching staff didn't do the best job of preparing. Because, I mean, I thought they were squarely outcoached on, on Sunday. Me too. Completely honest. I thought they were squarely outcoached uh, by Gannon and his staff with Arizona. And they, they came in looking like a team that was desperate and needed a win. Dallas came in looking like a team that had dominated their first two games and said our talent is going to carry us to victory. And there were still certainly points in that game where the execution could have been better and they could have had better results and they would have won that game regardless of a sloppy outing that they had. 
but that didn't happen. I mean, Arizona continued to, to put the pressure on and, and keep things at bay. And I think that goes back to the play calling too. I don't think it was a great game plan. And I think it's something that, that this coaching staff is going to have to do a deep dive on to improve upon. So yeah, for the most part, I think it does need to change. I think there needs to be some added sprinkles in the red zone, uh, not only because of the, the inefficiency against Arizona, but really all season. I mean, they beat the Giants. They beat the Jets. And they, they won those games handily. But one of the knocks in those two games was, hey, this red zone offense looks a little shaky. Maybe this is something we should look at. And it really multiple sources or multiple fans around the league or whoever was listening to hard content when we talked about it kind of scoffed at it and said, ah, it'll, it'll be better than the road. Well, it, it, it wasn't in week three, and it's something that's going to have to change. Well, and the other thing is, I, I get it. You have less room to work, so why are you trying to run your normal offense when you get down there? You've got to have some different wrinkles and, and just at least make the defense think about something else, whether it's a disguise or whatever you're trying to do, to give yourself an advantage because of the limited space that you have. Yeah, I think you you have to get creative, and you got to get the ground game going. Whether that's with Tony Pollard, Hunter Lipsy, somehow, Pollard, yeah, Deuce Vaughn. I mean, you have options down there. Make it happen in the red zone. Get the ground game going, and I think everything else should follow. How big is this game with New England coming into town? And, and look, I know it's early in the season, but you've got to you've got to build some confidence and get a win in this one at the same time, don't you? Oh, absolutely. I, I mean, you, you lose this game, you're at 2-2, two and two, even 500 going against San Francisco on the road and Los Angeles and the Chargers on the road, it, both in primetime matchups. And it, it doesn't get any easier. Sure, you can lose this game and still be 4-2 and two going into the bye week or still be uh, at least 3-3 three and three going into the bye week. You can still win those games. The team's talented enough to do so. But if you lose back-to-back games against teams that you are very much so – on paper better than, then, yeah, it's going to be uh, a hard-pressed thought process to go uh, and, and get a win against San Francisco, a team that looks like they are squarely Super Bowl contenders, uh, and then a, a team in Los Angeles who's a little desperate in their own right uh, after starting 0-2. So, yeah, I, I think there's plenty of work to be done, but it's got to start this week. If you're 3-1 and going uh, to San Francisco, you feel much better about this whole situation then it would be at two and two after playing uh, so well in those first two weeks. You talk about being out coached last week. Do you have any any worries about Bill Belichick coming in and <laughs> out coaching you? I mean, you're always going to see a challenge from this Patriots team. It's the do your job, the DYJ that Bill Belichick loves to, to talk about, and mm-hmm. uh, he's going to have that. I mean, he's going to have that same mentality this week, and and they're going to be. Uh, they're going to be out for something to prove too. I mean, they were very close to being 0-3 coming into this. And have you ever seen a Bill Belichick squad be happy at 1-3 uh, through four weeks? So, no, yeah, they're, they've got some desperation in their own right, very much so like Arizona had early on. You're still a better team than this, this Patriots bunch just as, as a whole. And I think because of the, pred- the, the pedigree that Bill Belichick brings as a head coach, I think you're going to – to, to bring a better mentality as an organization and also not to mention what happened in Arizona, I'm sure will help change that mentality. But uh, yeah, it, it's going to be hard pressed. Bill Belichick's going to try and take away what you do best. And uh, it's going to be an interesting chess match on Sunday. How interesting is it that the 
New England Patriots now have Will Greer uh, on their practice squad, and he'll suit up as the third quarterback against Dallas coming in Sunday. Yeah, I think uh, the mental images are are really fun whenever you you envision Will Greer coming in, signing his contract, immediately heading to Bill Belichick's office, sitting down and just being interrogated Mm -hmm. the entire week for for the play calls and the signals and whatever Will Greer can give uh, on the Cowboys in the matchup that they've got coming up this week. I mean, I, I'm happy for Will. I think he deserves a spot in the NFL. I mean, you saw that in the final preseason game and the way that he played against the Raiders. Uh, but, yeah, having him uh, on that other side is going to be interesting, just as much of a uh, an interesting piece in the homecoming aspect, more so because how it's going to affect the game on the field than maybe Zeke, because, hey, he's got a pretty good insight on how this Cowboys offense is being run. Yeah, and the the fact that at some point you're going to have to change some things up just because he's there, whether whether he's going to be able to help them or not, he can. So you're going to have to change signals. You're going to have to do some different formations and run different plays out of different formations because he's gonna he's gonna recognize that stuff. He's he's very very diligent and very good at recognizing what is out there. And he knows this offense because he, yeah. he, look, he ran it very, as you mentioned, very, very good against Oakland. Yeah. I think there's a way that Dallas can do that without completely flipping their entire game. Yeah. You can't do that. Can you to do that in a week? Yeah. You can't, you can't completely upend your playbook, but you throw little wrenches and wrinkles into it throughout practice. Maybe you spend a little extra time in the film room and the signal room and you have those, those, positional meetings that kind of allow you to get to that point. I think that's one way uh, where you can have some success there, but yeah, I think there is uh, you, you have to throw a couple of faux signs in there mm-hmm. because then you can't completely sell out. Even if you think later in the game, after seeing one of those fake signs and seeing that it's mixed things up, uh, you're going to have to keep your, your eyes on a swivel, your head on a swivel. Uh, if you're the new England side, because you can't 100% sell out especially if uh, if Dallas is going to throw a, a wrinkle at you. Kyle Yeoman's Cowboys Network with us here on the Press Box on ESPN Central Texas. Kyle, how is this offensive line right now? They're banged up still. I, I think, I mean, when we talked last week, I thought all five guys were going in mm-hmm. the game on Sunday. and That didn't end up happening. So, uh, as we speak now, I mean, this it looks like uh, Tyron Smith will be out. I, I mean, that's just kind of the, the indication, the fact that he hasn't practiced the of the last two days, uh, has not been on the bands, and he hasn't been working. So I think it'd be hard-pressed to see Tyron in the mix. Uh, Tyron Biotish and Zach Martin were both limited yesterday and did individual drills with the offensive line. So I think they're trending in the right direction. And then Mike McCarthy even talked about it this morning on his, uh, his radio hit. He talked about the uh, – the, the progress that those two guys have made. So I think that would be a great step in the right direction. Having four of your five starters up front makes you feel a lot more comfortable against a really good Patriots defensive front. But uh, it's still going to be interesting to see how they uh, they switch things up and make it, uh, uh, make it into Sunday with a healthy offensive line. Kyle, do you think C.D. Lamb can have an opportunity? And do you also think that Christian Gonzalez is going to be lined up with him and take try to take him out of the game? I think there's times where you'll see them matched up, but I think Christian Gonzalez is going to mostly bounce around uh, outside of CeeDee Lamb. He'll follow him in the slot. He'll right. go outside a little bit. But he's kind of done that where he hasn't played 
solely on the boundary or solely on the interior. He's kind of been a little bit of both. Mm-hmm. So I'm interested to see where he's at. He was my number one corner coming out of the draft. Uh, he's He's got so much length and so much speed and talent. He played his high school football just down the street from the star at the colony. So mm-hmm. uh, he has a, a homecoming in his own right in a different aspect to it. Uh, but I'm, I'm excited to see him play against CD lamb. I would love to see that battle. Uh, and I would love to see him against Brandon cooks and, and as Cowboys nation wants to see more of him, I want to see them try and work the vertical game and get him down the field a little bit too. Now, how much, how much, if that does become a, a one-on-one situation, does that open up things for cooks and, and everybody else? Or should it? Uh, I think it, it it would open up uh, some of the other guys. Christian Gonzalez is the number one secondary player for the the Patriots and a team that no traditionally had some really good secondary players, but he's the guy. I mean, so yeah, having that matchup should open up the rest of the offense and, and hopefully you get to see those wide receivers kind of open their game up a little bit more and keep things rolling uh, in the positive direction for, for Dak in this offense. But I think there's a long way uh, for for them to go to to really say, hey, just because Christian Gonzalez is covering one guy, then uh, then everything else is going to fall into place. I think they've got to play their best game uh, because, especially when this defensive front gets after the offensive line, Dak Prescott's not going to have a whole lot of time to throw the rock. On the defensive side of the ball, Micah Parsons. What do you do with him coming up on Sunday? Let him play free. Let him yeah. get in the backfield. Let him play football. I mean, the 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 times when Micah Parsons is ineffective the most is when he's thinking, when he's having to make decisions, just let him get to the ball. Let him maybe give him some help over the top and allow those other guys to, to roam behind him. But I think it, it, this is a game where you can really let him get after Mac Jones because he does not like pressure. And I think they're, they're going to have to try and throw the ball around too. They're not going to have as much success. I don't think uh, as Arizona did running the ball. Uh, because that's what the, the main focus has been for this defense. So I expect the Patriots to want to throw it, and if they're going to want to throw it, then you're going to have to deal with Michael Parsons. Is this a game where they might take him and move him around a little bit more than we've seen in the previous three games? Uh, possibly. I think for the most part you're going to see him on the blind side of Mac Jones. Okay. They don't want to see – they don't want – quarterbacks to see Micah coming. They want to have him on the backside and have him rushing off that left of the offensive line. Uh, on the interior is a different story. There's going to be times where you'll see him lined up over the nose of the center and kind of allowing him to come through the middle with some extra pressure and stunts probably added through there. I wouldn't be surprised if we saw more of that going into this game than, than some of the stuff we've seen previously. What about DeMarcus Lawrence? Is this going to open things up? If you're concentrating too much on one or the other, it opens things up. Could this be a big game for DeMarcus Lawrence because of the fact that you're trying to disguise Micah around and maybe doing some twist and, and turns up at the defensive line? I, I certainly hope so. Also, just the fact that D-Law is your best run defender yeah. on the team, too, I think helps out a lot. I mean, he he needs to have a big game and, and find a way to, to get in the backfield and make some havoc and, and wreck, some, uh, wreck some plays like that, too. I think if you can allow Micah to play free, uh, D-Law's very quickly after that. Kyle Yeomans, Dallas Cowboys Radio Network, with us here on ESPN Central Texas on the Press Box. All right, Kyle, what have you got coming up this weekend other than the Cowboy game and the pregame? Yeah, I've got the pregame starting at 2 p.m. Central Time, DallasCowboys.com. You can check that one out. We've got a fun show 
with Barry Church, Isaiah Stanback, Nate Newton. Uh, I've got a good game tonight, Lebanon Trail and Heritage at the Star. In oh, but, there you go. Uh, I've, got a, I've got a couple college games tomorrow just as a fan, not calling anything. Oh. Uh, A&M, Texas A&M in Arkansas at AT&T Stadium. Right. So I'm uh, going to go with that with the family. And then uh, my alma mater, North Texas, back at home. They're playing ACUs. So Abilene Christian this weekend, isn't it? Yeah, good college football in this week. So it should be a whole lot of fun. All right. There he is, Kyle Yeomans. I'm sure you're going to have a, a good food report for us next week then. If oh, you're, you're going to go to the college. I want to know which, which one has the best food at the stadium. Okay. All right. Okay, I'll let you know. It'll probably be North Texas, <laughs> just, just because of the bias. Yeah, you're not biased at all, are you? <laughs> no, not at all. Appreciate you guys having me as always. I'll talk to you next week. All right, there he goes. Kyle Yeoman's Cowboys Network with us here, and you'll hear him on the pregame show uh, right here on ESPN Central Texas, and also uh, you can check it out at DallasCowboys.com.